Pause for a moment and recognize all the amazing women who have gone before me on this journey, paving the way for me to stand before you today. One of our Advent words was courage, and a lot of them had great courage to fight the uphill battle for women to be in ministry. Today we read from our lectionary text, Matthew 1, 18 through 25. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but he had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. I imagine this is a familiar text to most of you, likely one you have heard each year around Christmas time. The star of the show is Jesus and his impending birth. And in Luke's gospel, Mary is usually the star, earning a close second as the star person who carried this savior child in her womb. However, the book of Matthew is different in that Joseph plays the central role, shining in the limelight. We get to take a closer look at his character and his process. I had a conversation recently with a former neighbor and good friend who now lives in Ohio, who is recently visiting. She said, I longed to be a pastor or a counselor, but I realized I needed to fully utilize the skills that I have. She's an amazing writer, synthesizing material for companies as a marketing consultant, helping organizations with strategic communications copywriting and editing while her children are off at her parents or her in-laws who both live nearby. The great flexibility of her career caters to the demands of her young children. She has her fourth child on the way, and while she is doing an excellent, she would do an excellent job as a pastor or a counselor and naturally possesses many of the skills needed she doesn't really have the time to embark on a new path or career at this given moment in time. Her children need her now, and she has the ability to be rooted, to dig in, and to invest in them for such a time as this. Joseph was a skilled carpenter preparing for his life with his beloved Mary, betrothed, planning on living into the customary year-long engagement 
that was common in their time period in, around the year 70 AD. He had not had sexual relations with her, as the text, text tells us, but finds out she is with child. This is utterly humiliating and embarrassing. While human nature would desire to inflict pain and revenge upon someone who is ravaging your life, he chooses to turn the other cheek, seekingly seeking to quietly dismiss her instead. In fact, at that time, he could have enacted the customary punishment, which was found in Deuteronomy 22, 13 through 21, which was stoning a person publicly to death. Uh, you see, he could have divorced her because in their time, to be engaged was the same as being married. It had the same ramifications. He could divorce her swiftly, quietly, and discreetly. But he chose not revenge and instead preserved her reputation. He seeks to act with mercy and integrity and is even named righteous in this passage. Just in time before he had enacted his plan to dismiss Mary, the angel of the Lord directs Joseph to take Mary as his wife. God shifts Joseph's thinking, whereas before he thought righteousness would look like divorcing her quietly, now he understands that marrying his fiance will mean righteousness. Once again, God's ways are higher than our ways and God's plans higher than ours. Joseph is called to be faithful and as a fiancé to be an example of righteousness for his family and for that generation and for generations to come. And he gets to help usher forth the most righteous man that ever lived for such a time as this. One lovely woman that I met with recently was eager to fill me in on her life, the loss of her husband, their fulfilling careers they had together, and their active volunteerism, and the lives of their children, who she's still really involved with. She's sharp, and she shared a rich history with me. However, her loss of agility has kept her from engaging in many of the activities she would love to be a part of these days. Sometimes she seems to forget that her limitations are the same or very similar limitations to those of her friends and peers around her and that creep up on all of us as we age. Though her body may fail her, as much, and she has lots of wisdom and life experience to offer for such a time as this. An angel of the Lord visits Joseph in this passage of Matthew. It's his first visit, but it definitely will not be his last visit. The second time the angel of the Lord appears in a different text to Joseph, he tells him to flee Egypt with Jesus and Mary. And the third time the angel appears to Joseph in Egypt, telling him that King Herod, who sought to kill Jesus, is dead. On three very different occasions, an angel instructs Joseph, and on three different occasions, he must respond. Indifference for him isn't really a choice. Joseph was tuned in to hearing the angel. It was his direct connection to God. And on these three different occasions, Joseph acts immediately 
for others' lives are placed in his care. He does not hesitate. His obedience is described by Matthew's righteousness. He provides foreshadowing of the coming Christ child, our perfected righteousness for such a time as this. Joseph dared to believe that Mary's child within was from God, and he walked this embarrassing and lonely route of marrying a pregnant fiancé for such a time as this. Although Joseph did not biologically bring this child to being, he gets the privilege of claiming Jesus. While it was customary in their time for the woman to name the baby, Joseph gets this honor. He names the baby Jesus, meaning a great savior. Joseph supports the fulfillment of Jesus' name and his identity for such a time as this. Jesus, whom we are privileged to call Savior, and who this chapter names as Emmanuel, God with us, is prophesied in, about in Isaiah 7:14, which says, The virgin will conceive a child and call him Emmanuel. Jesus' birth is the fulfillment of the long-awaited prophecy of a Messiah. He left his father's side to engage with humanity, and he took on the messiness of humanity. The way his parents came to be, unwed, foreshadows the type of people Jesus came to befriend and to walk amongst, the prostitutes, the thieves, the sinners, those of every sort that we don't always imagine ourselves being friends with. He came under the simplest circumstances to be one of us. You may have young children that get on your nerves. You may and make you push the pause button on your aspirations, like the woman I shared about. Or older children that are testing their autonomy. You may be a high-powered executive. You may be struggling with health issues, as the older woman I mentioned. You may be newly retired and wrestling with a sense of purpose. And you may wonder, what is next? You might be ready for a change, and you might wonder, why on earth am I doing what I'm doing right now? God shows up in all of these scenarios, and the beauty is God does not leave us there. If God can use the lives of simple Mary and Joseph, can we take a risk and form the type of courage, trust, and obedience to see what wondrous, moving, and powerful things and events God wants to do with our lives? You may think I'm just an ordinary person and I don't feel like I have any special gifts to offer. Do you think Mary and Joseph were raising their hands saying, choose me, choose me? God chooses ordinary people to do the extraordinary things. Look around and be open to the unexpected choices of people God uses today to carry out God's plans. You may even disagree with leadership, the leadership in our country, at your workplace, in your neighborhood association. But God allowed these leaders to be set forth in place in these positions. 
the people you didn't choose and may not particularly care for, God can use them too. God shows up in the messiness of life and transforms those situations. God's divine wisdom is much higher than our human understanding. We were created for such a time as this. What if Joseph hadn't been attuned to hearing the angel? What if he had dismissed it as just some crazy dream? God is still able to work and fulfill God's plans, even when we aren't always listening. But we might miss out on the blessings involved in that situation if we aren't really tuned in. Joseph had the privilege of being a father and to look like us, to study, to learn, to play, to worship, and to raise Jesus for such a time as this. Life might even look tough for you right now. You may be filled with more grief than joy during this Advent season. You may be in the process of losing someone you love or have lost someone this year or in years past. You may have lost multiple people that you love dearly this holiday season for such a time as this. And you may be going through something really challenging like divorce that either was expected or blindsided you. Divorce is even brought up in this opening text in the chap- this first chapter of Matthew. It was not a new concept, and it nearly happened to the Savior of the world's parents. Joseph had these plans to divorce Mary, but God chose to thwart them. God can carry you through the messiness and uncertainty of your situation, whatever it may be, for such a time as this. You may not know why you were called, moved, requested, urged in your role as parent, as a child caregiver, as an aged wisdom keeper, as a friend to someone who is hard to love, as a difficult, to a difficult family member, an employee, a neighbor. But don't you think that if God, in all of God's wisdom and majesty, redeemed the world through an illegitimate child, that God can redeem your wayward child or your friend with an addiction problem, your financially indebted relative, your broken relationships, your dot, dot, dot. Only you can fill in the blanks there. Only you know the situation that lies heavy on your heart today. You were called into your role, and you were made for such a time as this. Joseph had the privilege of helping mentor the most famous person that ever lived. He got to help Jesus learn and grow and develop into a young man. Many of you already invest in others a lot. There's many of you that go to Chimborazo Elementary faithfully to mentor children. Many of you that help at walk-in ministry or other areas, opportunities and areas around our church and our community. And maybe you're looking for those opportunities. They are abundant. And if 
it's courage you need, I, I am here to tell you it is a risk worth taking. These opportunities enlarge our worldview and minimize our woes for such a time as this. You see, the thing is, we can't always choose our circumstances. Mary sure did not choose hers to be pregnant with the Savior of the world. And Joseph sure did not choose to, his circumstances to have his life disrupted by a pregnant fiancé. We don't always choose to lose a job or get divorced, lose a loved one, have a child with health conditions, to have aches and pains, memory and loss, hearing loss, vision loss. But when Mary and Joseph yielded to God's great and mysterious plans, allowing this child who initially brought shame upon their unwed lives, when they found the courage to live into the fullness of their reality and realize the gift that Jesus was, their outlook was transformed, their lives were transformed, their existence was transformed, and they would never again be the same. God was doing something salvific in and through them and is willing and able to do the same for us. The beautiful fact is that Jesus is here now. Jesus is with us, God among us, to transform our pains and our losses. Even those we did not ask for, anticipate, or create in our own doing. God can and will transform all your shameful circumstances like Mary and Joseph's to bring you healing, redemption, restoration, and wholeness. So even if you can't yet live into this reality, will you at least try to lean into it? This takes time, but it is offered freely to you through this Christ child for such a time as this. Join me as we pray. Mighty, mysterious, all-knowing God, we thank you that you in our time and age come to us in biblical times long ago that you used unusual, shameful, challenging circumstances to reveal your glory and to change people. We know you are able to do that today. We give you the courage, the trust, and obedience to lean into you and learn from Joseph's righteousness and most importantly, Christ's righteousness. We celebrate you, Jesus, coming and living among us. Amen.